art, comedy, pop culture, and much more. You're listening to ACPN. Emerald City Video, this is Russ. Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? <sighs> Hello and welcome to the Emerald City Video Podcast. This is not an episode of the New Release Wall. Uh, this is a totally random episode because that's all we've been having for the last few months. But unlike pretty much every other episode since the pandemic, we're sober. <laughs> but uh, no, I just I, I just realized as I was editing the last few, and we aren't like obviously we're ne- we don't we don't podcast if we're drunk, but we'll we don't uh, use the podcasts. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. Uh, but we will podcast while like tipsy and yes. slightly slurring. And unfortunately, because we've had basically no episodes out the last few months, the three that we've had have all been like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, theoretically today we were going to talk about uh, falling down, which in fact was our plan many, many, many weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it just didn't happen. I think that Zach had to go uh, make the world safe for democracy. And uh, <clears throat> and so he was out of town in, in Georgia for a very, very long what, time. What's that phrase? God, God help you if you've come to me for help or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's that's bad. But but uh, but yeah, so we've got uh, we, we've got a, a lot of ideas and no notes because we both took copious notes but it was like two months ago, and I have no yeah. freaking idea. Like, I couldn't even begin to guess anymore because I've been working on the Josie book for that whole time, yeah. and so I just have piles of things everywhere in this office. Uh, EC, uh, shirts, new <laughs> visu dot news shirts, uploads to Vic. Cult. Yeah, no, nothing. I took like a lot of fucking notes too, which is yeah, the- I know. Me too. Yeah. Like, that's the only reason that I, I read my lunch like, notes. <laughs> we'll, we'll probably end up having to do like a director's cut of the of the uh, the falling down episode. Yeah, <laughs> we can call it the Schumacher cut because in the time since his death, yeah. uh, reports have emerged that Schumacher had a longer, darker cut of Batman Forever that the network or that the uh, studio nixed. Oh yeah, and so there is a release the Snyder cut style movement online to get. The Schumacher cut of uh, Batman Forever, released on Blu-ray and/or on HBO Max. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, I mean, it, it really is bizarre. Uh, I it just we'll, we can t- talk about that a little before we do anything else because, like, <clears throat> I don't buy into the idea that like it's a bad thing to do the Snyder cut because now people are going to want more stuff. Like, I generally think if people care enough to want more stuff, that's probably good for everybody. Yeah, I don't I don't really understand, especially especially where I mean, especially right now, like if I was a studio and I had one of these type of things that people cared about, I'd be like, yeah, let's throw some editors in a room and like get this thing fucking out so that we have content, because right now we ain't got nothing. (laughs) I know the funny thing about the Snyder Cut is that. Um, because he left before the movie was done in production, like his cut required like reshoots and money and vi- visual effects. Whereas, like if you just let David Ayer have his raw footage 
and two hours, he could yeah. probably deliver the air cut of Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, like, not as many people would care about that as care about the Snyder Cut. But at yeah. the same time, like, it would be a thing people would watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, it would, I mean, it'd also be one of those, like, people would talk about the original one, and there'd be, like, a re-upping of discussion about that film. And so, like, content that you already had would yeah. once again be viable. And, because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, no one's, I don't know, no one's talking about Suicide Squad right now. No. <laughs> so, and, and I mean, I, I guess they probably will in a little bit, but. <coughs> but I mean the other thing too is I don't know because I don't pay attention because I own all of these movies digitally yeah. but if I had to guess uh, I suspect the uh, uh, not all of the DC movies are on HBO Max like yeah. because obviously HBO Max is so new that Warner Brothers probably had licensing deals out with other people they've got to like finish honoring and so to me it's like if you can release a director's cut of one of these movies, that's a distinct product that is, that is like unique to HBO max, then you can guarantee that you always have a version of that movie on HBO max. Even if you sign some ridiculous 20 year rotating deal with all the old Tim Burton and and Joel Schumacher, Batman movies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also anytime you can kind of keep giving like Netflix (laughs) is what claiming to have what a new movie or TV every, show or something yeah. every week. I, I, H, I think it's I mean, literally a new movie. I don't think it. I don't think they they had the qualifier for the TV shows. I think the oh, okay. TV shows are separate entities. Yeah, but it's just like you're gonna have that much content coming out from what basically one studio. Let's just yeah. say, um, and and also no other... they aren't <laughs> being led around by the balls by the theater chains either. Like their business plan does not change because of the pandemic. And it's like you have all these studios who are so beholden to the exhibitors that you have like James Bond just changed its its release date for the fourth time or something. Yeah. And all these other things are now starting to follow suit. And it's like, OK, so now we're getting to the point where realistically we aren't going to start seeing new movies from anybody except Warner Brothers until like yeah. 2023. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Which and, uh, is just like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, mind you, like. I, I'm I'm taking this opportunity to like delve back. In. Weirdly, I'm getting back into like John Carpenter films, like for which I, see, I think is very appropriate. Yeah, I just right. realized my aunt gave me also um, a special edition DVD thing of uh, uh, for for Christmas uh, of They Live, which uh, we should nice. we should do at some point because I haven't seen that totally. film in. Weirdly, I haven't seen that film in years. Like yeah, same I, here. Which, even though it became a meme recently, yeah. and so we probably should have. Yeah. Um, hey, what's the what's the big mate one thing behind you, which is good audio because nobody can just directly behind you there's something with mate one it looked like maybe a vhs tape i guess it wasn't that big it was just bigger than a dvd i i, I don't see what you're talking about uh, okay i'll have to i'll have to point it out to you later up there, <laughs> yeah yeah uh, this is good now, now oh no, never mind it says aftermath it's just in the same color and font as the mate one dvd so i thought it oh <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Oh no! That's uh, uh, Joel Meyerowitz's uh, book on nine uh, eleven. Uh, yeah, um, that's what I thought that yeah. was. Once I said the title <laughs> out, out loud, um, <clears throat> well, I just I just bought because I've been I've been reading basically nothing but um, entertainment biographies and like yeah. production diary type of things, like oral histories and and histories of. Uh, there, there's a guy who did a, a really engaging, although it's a little bit short for my liking, just because of the scope of what he did. Um, <clears throat> book about the production of 
the Back to the Future trilogy. Mm-hmm. And it's called, like, I think it's called We Don't Need No Roads. <laughs> or We Don't Need Roads, not No Roads. Um, it's not Badgers. We don't But, you know, I read that and I read uh, the oral history of the office that they put out and some other things along those lines. Yeah. Um, but I, I just bought, John Sayles wrote a book on making Meitwan. Uh, and it arrived like two days ago and I haven't had a chance to even crack it open yet. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but uh, that I'm really looking forward to. Like I'm, I'm trying to finish at least one of the three books that I'm like half reading right now yeah. before I can jump into Because I feel like John Sayles is just going to dominate everything I want to read. <laughs> <laughs> not, not Josie. Uh, for once <laughs> well i mean that's th- all of this yeah. really is in service of the josie book so that i can like have yeah. a little bit like cause this, this is not usually the kind of thing that i necessarily read yeah and so i feel like to a certain extent i want to immerse myself in this kind of writing so that i can yeah. write this kind of writing and not have it feel wrong mm-hmm. uh and and obviously a big thing because i write you know between five and ten stories a day for comic book yeah. is literally just making myself write in a style that isn't like designed <laughs> for them like designed yeah, yeah, for that yeah. audience designed for that kind of content yeah um you Basically know the, in, the dan, in the dan brown style of journalism which is you know 600 words uh two pages uh three page chapters yeah. <laughs> i mean i it, it's, with good spacing <laughs> i i i have stolen jeff goldblum's uh, joke from the big chill which is uh uh we don't write anything longer than the average person can can read during the average crap. Uh, uh, because if you remember in, in The Big Chill, he worked for, I think, People. Uh, uh. <laughs> which in the 80s would have been uh, a, a shittier job than it is now when it's like one of three like entertainment trades that have stayed relevant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somehow. <laughs> but... Uh, um, all right, so let's. Uh, well, first of all, before we talk at all about the movie, we should talk a little bit about uh, the end of Family Video. Yeah, at the yeah. brick and mortar institution. Um, we talked actually. It's funny because like uh, I think the last one we published, even though it wasn't the last one we recorded. Yeah. Um, was the Save the Video Store episode mm-hmm. where we talked about you know the the campaign by Family Video to kind of promote the video store industry as a whole. Because they uh, they've been seeing struggle, they've been really struggling with foot traffic. Uh, obviously, the nature of a video store and, and a store that specializes in physical media at a time when nobody wants to leave the house and everything—well, yeah, yeah. not everything, but most things in that video store are available digitally. Yeah, it's, and also uh, you're not supposed to be touching things yeah, <laughs> and exactly. handing something that was just in the home of somebody else and some toddler was like teething on on the yeah, box yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so obviously it's it's it makes total sense why video stores are taking a real hit right now, because it's just it really is a combination of like what's easy and what's safe. And, you know, uh, but in the time since we, we since we recorded and since we aired that episode, uh, Family Video announced that all of their brick and mortar stores are going to be shutting down uh, basically effective immediately, not actually effective immediately because a bunch of them are still open, but they're yeah. basically just selling everything off and then closing when there's not anything left to sell. Yeah. Um, yeah, we all spent, I spent like $200 or something like that. You spent about the same at uh, the, yeah. the one year us um, 
Gen 4, which is unfortunate yeah. they left. But and of course they they owned all their property and yeah. they, they still have the real estate concern. Uh, that company's still gonna exist. They're still in the black. They just couldn't afford to run a deficit on the video stores anymore. <laughs> and they it's have, sad that uh, they'll probably come out the other side as a um, potentially more successful company because of real estate or something. But oh well, um, I mean the other thing is that like they'll ha they have their website. Which yeah. like they're gonna keep the, the the internet storefront open, and they're gonna focus on that because like I assume the thinking is, well now that we have, um, like with no with no stores to run, mm -hmm. like you're not gonna be running at a deficit in the same way. Like it, it doesn't take much to keep the site maintained and some yeah. things get shipped. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so. I'm sure that they'll be doing better in a year than they are now, but uh, it's you know it is not a, it's not a situation where we're ever going to see them go back to brick and mortar stores because yeah. like, well things look better so let's give it a try. Yeah, uh, I do find it hilarious though because like the the fact that they're selling CBD on their CBD oh. family video, uh, it's such a weird like. I mean, I guess I get it. Like, take some you know CBD and watch a movie and that's a thing, yeah. but it's just funny. <laughs> yeah, it's I, it's yeah. it's the modern equivalent of like back when every video store and a bunch of other small businesses that were struggling started doing like tanning booths and stuff. Yeah. Um so. where it's just like, okay, well this is this is that now. Yeah. Um I do enjoy that they sell uh like basically autograph photos and, and movie posters on the Yeah, their that's site. actually that's... a really new thing that they started doing. Yeah. Um like and it's funny because they hadn't really announced it and like made it a thing. Like, because I'm I'm subscribed to their email list. Yeah. They hadn't like announced it and made it a thing. And I was looking for the Criterion edition of uh, the Breakfast Club. Yeah. And I've been trying very hard, especially in the post like hashtag Save the Video Store, yeah. of it all, to like remember. Okay, before I buy anything on like Amazon or eBay, yeah. let's go to Family Video first and see like what it costs there if it's available, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And they didn't have it, but they did have, and this is again, before I knew that they were starting to do this, and so I, I was very confused yeah, yeah. Uh, at the time. The, they didn't have the Criterion Edition of Breakfast Club, but they did have a Funko Pop signed by Ali Sheedy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and that, I mean, that's a good also, like that's a good niche for them. Uh, especially because they have like they they do have a certain level, especially with Stranger Things now, of like goodwill towards the brand that's out there. Yeah. And if they can just like segue that into doing a wizard style thing, where it's like, well, we'll just have autographs. Um, yeah, I mean, like we've always talked about this about how like Blockbuster and uh, I forget what the other one was that like why don't they have why don't they have like an entertainment news site. Like, why don't they have something like film reviews or just podcasts? And stuff I mean, like the that. Hollywood Reporter, um, yeah. or not the Hollywood Reporter, Hollywood Video. Um, mm -hmm. Let me see if it still exists. I actually got, um, I got like hired to write for HollywoodVideo.com a few years back uh, before I was exclusive to Comic Book. And yeah, uh, it's it still exists. Nothing has been updated since 2014. <laughs> but. Hollywood video, including like the original Hollywood video corporate logo that you would recognize from the video store, got turned into a movie news blog. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I said, right now, uh, I could see why they tried to. Um, 
I can see why they tried to uh, recruit me back then. Yeah. Because like just looking at their like what their actual blog is, <coughs> basically everything on here is about superhero and comic book stuff. Nice. Uh, and actually, now that I look at it, Jed Keith is the name of the guy who's credited with most of these articles. I believe I know him. I think that he and I follow each other on Twitter. I didn't realize that until literally just now. Um, but I can picture a person called Jed Keith, and I assume that's <laughs> probably only one. Um, but uh, in any event, <clears throat> so Hollywood Video had that idea. Um, and I, I think it could have been viable. Uh, if you look at their web design, it's very clear. Like, they stopped making stuff in 2014, but that web design looks very much like a template from, like, 1997. Yeah. And so... I think that no matter how good your content was, if your site looked like that in 2014, there wasn't really a good chance of you being a success. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just so weird, I think. I'm actually, I'm actually vaguely tempted to buy if it was somebody else from Wag the Dog. They have a Wag the Dog script signed by Anne Hache. Um, okay. I have nothing against Anne Hache. It's just like right, it's, yeah. It's like. Uh, of uh, uh, anyone else in the cast, I'm sure, and anyone else with uh, that was in that cast, it would be five hundred dollars or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, if it would be Dustin Hoffman or whoever. Um, but uh, just like, oh, damn, that actually would be fun. But these yeah. sites are always really dangerous. Um, after one works for a while and gets paid, and it's like, ah. but yeah, yeah, right. I will not be buying that Aziz uh, Ansari, a 30 minutes or less celebrity autographed photo for $87. No. no but anyway. No. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I will say, you know, I have my uh, collection of video store swag. And it's, it's pretty lacking in anything from family video except for, like, the stuff that we bought at the store that I went all to. All that signage <laughs> that you bought. <laughs> yeah, all that signage that I got for a yeah. buck a piece or whatever. Yeah. And a big part of that, honestly, is you just like it's impossible to search it like family video. It just comes up with a bunch of kids movies because those were all labeled family yeah. back in the day. Yeah. And so. Uh, I'm like, even now I'm kind of scrolling through and it's like 90 percent of this is, is yeah. kids movies. And then the other 10 percent is like literally like family video gift cards. Uh with no cash value because the stores are closing. Yeah, I guess uh, you could use it online, yes, but yeah, you and probably you could. Um you know the the funny thing is we were just talking about that and I was just like because obviously I was gonna segue this conversation also over to uh Videodrome, fantastic yeah. video store in Atlanta, Georgia. If you're ever in there, um you can do two things. Uh you go to Videodrome um and also right diagonal across the street is a fantastic restaurant that I'm blinking on the name of that's like a historical political site that like basically every single politician that's ever kind of like circulated yeah. through through Georgia um, has a photo up on the wall there and it's 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 a it's a very cool place uh, go place to go um sadly obviously actually they do have indoor uh, dining now um probably too much of it uh, based on the last time I was in there but yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, still a fantastic place to go. Um, but uh, Videodrome uh, is a uh, like, God, they I guess that probably like ECV is probably one of the closer comparisons, obviously a much smaller store than what we had yeah. usually. But uh, uh, just in their quality of like their concentration of like 
artsy uh, and you know yeah criterion i would say not criterion films in specific but like criterion type films that they would have yeah stuff that normally is hard to find and that sort of thing it's like and also they do the thing that we had done for a really long time which is that they don't get rid of anything yeah yeah Uh, like if something if if something's not available on blu-ray they still have the dvd if something's not available on dvd they still have the vhs yeah um I will say they don't appear last time I was there to have had any laser discs anytime recently, but that's probably because <laughs> there are very, very few things that uh, made it to laser disc and not to Blu-ray or not to DVD. Yeah, yeah no, uh, <clears throat> no, it's a very fun store. And if you're in there, Oh, they do have an online store. Um, uh, I know they had an online store now. Uh, yeah. yeah they also have a podcast. Oh, they did start one. Oh, that's great. Uh, they have had one for a while. Oh. That guy who you talked to, yeah. like the first time you went to Videodrome a few years back, yeah. Yeah. Um, is like the host of their podcast. Oh, cool. Um, I mean, God knows, for all I know, maybe that they don't actually still update it. Mm-hmm. But uh, but uh, if you're there, they're hurting a little bit, uh, understandably, um, uh, between COVID and everything else. Um and uh, if you can go over to their site and they have some very cool swag, uh, they have video drone masks. Uh, they're only seven bucks. Uh, and also their T-shirts and uh, stickers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I, I them wish they, they have these tote bags that have like yeah. a, the patent photo or not the yeah. patent photo, but the patent drawing for how a VHS tape would work. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I wish they had that on a T-shirt because, like, I, I, I don't need any more canvas tote bags. Yeah. There yeah. was, a, like, a five-year period where every press kit that I got came with one. Yeah. I have so many. But yeah. I really I, – it's a great design. So if you need a, a canvas tote bag and you are not me, yeah. uh, that, that's a good idea, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, videodrome.tv uh, is their website. And yes. then if you want to follow them on social media, everything they do is pretty much – Videodrome ATL uh, for Atlanta, which is yeah, the city it's in. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, it also looks like they have a uh, a. Uh, I assume it's like a regular customer. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's just a, a different video store owner. Uh, Deadly Prey Gallery is. Uh, I'm just going to read this from their website. Oh, they have a, oh, a yeah. link to buy Deadly Prey merch. And it's, like, basically a bunch of really nice retro, like, painted movie posters. Oh, no, no, they're, they're um, movie posters from Ghana. Oh, uh, is that what it is? West African poster uh, um, <clears throat> sign created by brother and sister duo Brian and Heidi um, uh, and Jenkin. Um, but, uh, uh, but, yeah. But it says they, they own a video store in Wicker Park, so I yeah, assume they're... Yeah. But anyway, uh, those are all pretty cool, too. And the, it's, it's, it's the kind of thing that makes me wish that they had more movies that I like. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, man, such a great, like, idea. They all look pretty cool. But, like, outside of uh, one or two, there's just not a lot of movies that I'm like, yeah, I would hang that in my office. Yeah, yeah. Pee-wee's Big Adventure is tempting, but uh, yeah. obviously so doubt. So. <laughs> but if you, if you need that uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, the Dream Warriors print. Uh, yeah, they got that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it, uh, Videodrome is is a great place. The other video store that I would direct people to, and this is, uh, um, I don't believe these guys have a store, but I should look, is Black Dog Video in um, 
Vancouver, British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I owe them some late fees because <laughs> I used to go to Vancouver every like six months. And uh, I accidentally, like, I took out some movies because I was there for a week. And I actually brought them home uh, to the United States and paid, like, $30 to ship them back very late. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Which was a ridiculous thing for me to have done. Um, But they are, it's a a fantastic store. Very much in the same vein as, like, an Emerald City or a a, a Videodrome. Like, they have... uh, a lot of stuff they will get to anything you ask for they have like a criterion session section they have sections that are divided up by director mm-hmm. where like the last time i went was when we were really well we were talking about doing like a a, a video series or a, a, a podcast series that was like uh about oh lucky man yeah, yeah. and these guys have a Lindsay anderson like shelf oh that's nice and uh Nice. The people are nice as hell. Uh, I'm looking at their website right now, and apparently they have a new uh, Blu-ray of Gattaca coming out this week. A new Blu-ray of La Dolce Vita. Criterion oh yeah, Secrets and Lies by Mike Lee. That that's uh, a film that I've actually been really looking forward to. Have you seen the trailer for this? Another round. I haven't. Uh, Mads. Uh, Mads. Yeah, Mickelson? Mads. Michelson. 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 And they uh, have a blue uh, a Mondo special edition Blu-ray of Rad. Which uh, I fucking love the idea of that existing because uh, when I was at Emerald City, one of our regulars, this guy Rob, um, he would ask us about Rad all the fucking time. Just all the time. And I finally like went online and found one on eBay. And I think I paid out of pocket just to get it in the <laughs> store for him because I had told the owners like four million times, hey, can we get Rad for this guy? Yeah. Uh, and it's like a BMX trick bike adventure movie from the 80s or something. Yeah. Uh, but now it's got a special edition Blu-ray coming out this week, if you are nice. into that kind of thing. And uh, it's coming from Mondo. Uh, Mondo are, are awesome people. They're the folks who uh, they either own or are owned by the uh, uh, Alamo Draft House, And they're the ones who released the vinyl... Uh, the vinyl pressing of the Josie and the Pussycat soundtrack and had that um, reunion concert where it was the first time that uh, those, those songs had ever been performed in public. Mm-hmm. And it was basically like the premiere for the movie in a lot of ways, because uh, the, the, the movie was tracking so badly that when the premiere actually happened, the directors uh, couldn't really enjoy it. <laughs> um, <laughs> they knew it was going to be a bomb. And they thought it was their responsibility, essentially, to keep that information from these kids and let these kids enjoy their big, first big Hollywood premiere. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, so, yeah, so Mondo is cool. Rad is rad. Um, and also coming out this weekend, and again, basically everything that we're talking about here uh, easily could have been. Uh, you, you could easily find these uh, digitally. But why do that when you can get a DVD? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, Alex Winter's Zappa documentary about Frank Zappa is coming yeah. out on a physical media this week. I definitely will be purchasing that. I believe Alex said that he has a commentary track on that. Um, and then the last thing that I'll mention, because really this is not a new release podcast <clears throat> is, uh, there is a, uh, there's a, there's a Blu-ray edition coming out of Castle Freak, uh, not the original, one from uh oh god what's the name of that 
production house, Full Moon. Uh, Full Moon Features. Um, not it's not the original one. Uh, they Full Moon actually seems to have licensed Castle Freak to Shutter, which is AMC's horror streaming platform. Yeah. Uh, but because Shutter doesn't have a big footprint, um, they are much faster than other streaming platforms to getting stuff out physically so that they can get a few extra bucks out of it, I think. Yeah. Because uh, this Castle Freak, I think, was like just premiered on Shutter in like November. Because mm-hmm. I remember like I was reading a book about Full Moon and Charlie Band and all that kind of like the 80s direct-to-video boom. Uh, because that's exactly the kind of person that I am. Um, <laughs> and I was reading that book and then I saw a press release about Castle Freak and I wanted to try to get an interview for it because I was just like, Oh my God, I'm reading about this right now. And yeah. of course, like the, the press release I'd gotten was like, Hey, this thing is out now. Please try yeah. to remember it exists. We don't have any talent because we offered it to you a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of new release while new releases coming out. It does appear as though, uh, there are, some, there's some kind of merch, uh, on Black Dog, and Black Dog also has a pod de- podcast. Although I can't quite figure out how to purchase the merch at Black Dog online, it may be that you actually have to be able to go to Vancouver to get their T-shirts and masks, uh, <laughs> which is uh, difficult considering uh, Americans are not allowed. But <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. Um, I, I'll I'll email that guy because again, uh, they like me. Uh, I mean, they might like me less now that I owe them late fees, but um, <laughs> but I'll email him and uh, I'll uh, if if there is an online store of some kind or someplace that you can purchase their stuff online, I will absolutely put that. I, I, you know what? I won't put that in the show notes. Just I'll, I'll tweet it from the Emerald City Video account and from my <laughs> personal account because anytime I say I'm going to put something in the show notes, it's a lie. Yeah. So. I'm the same way. I'm not. <laughs> it's yeah. just like it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah. Um, what, what have you, uh, what have you been watching in this? Uh, uh, We've, we've talked like a little bit, like just occasionally, but both of us have been like working like hell. Incredibly busy because Zach, I mean, I think everybody who listens to the show knows at this point, uh, but you, Zach works in, uh, the serious investigative side of journalism and photojournalism and you cover, uh, two things that yeah. kind of had a confluence this year, which yeah, is uh, election security and uh, white nationalism. Yeah. And so uh, Zach, as you, as you folks can, under, can understand, was busy and busier than he expected because, of course, like <laughs> Greg Palast, who you work with, uh, has been suing the Secretary of State of Georgia for a long time yeah. because he purges people from the vote, voter rolls wrongly. Yeah. And... Uh, so when the Georgia runoff happened, it was like, well, we're stuck here now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I spent two months in Atlanta. Um, yeah. uh, not something I necessarily recommend, but um, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's a very nice place to move and live, but not when you're bouncing from like four different Airbnbs and things like yeah. that. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah. But Especially, yeah, the, the, yeah. So, uh, but. And me, I just have my regular job, but also, like I said, I'm writing a book about Josie and the Pussycats. So, um, but yeah, the uh, the interesting thing, first of all, I'm catching up on a lot of older stuff 
that I either missed or haven't watched in a while or just wanted to, you know, re um, the thing that I tweeted about and was surprised by the magnitude of response is that I, uh, because WandaVision is happening right now on Disney plus yeah. and WandaVision, of course, uh, the first three episodes have all been like sitcom, like homages or pastiches, yeah. uh, where it's like, it, you know, it's not a, it's not a parody because these are less funny than the sitcoms, uh, intentionally. Like that's not a, a, a ding. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> You know, they, they have like all these like, oh, this is a this is the bewitched episode. This is the whatever. Um, and so as I was like digging around for like, what's an interesting take I could have on this? Um, I uh, I had happened across like somebody talking about it's Gary Shandling's show yeah. and the way that it was like super meta at a time when meta was just not a thing that was happening on TV all yeah. the time. And so I. Uh, I decided to give that a try for the first time, uh, and I really liked it. But uh, when I tweeted about that, I had a, just a massive outpouring of people being like, hell yeah! And I'm just like, man, this show has been off the air since 1990, and as far as I can tell, it's only been available but, on video. But uh, I really can't That's right, I read. What is that? So Book of the Month Club. I was... I was the TV. Uh, oh, sorry, I was putting it. Anyway, sorry, continue. I'll just yeah. play it. <laughs> that song has been stuck in my head for literally a week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's funny because when, when we started talking about like I, I started talking about it and I tagged Ed Solomon, the guy who created yeah. the, well, co-created with Chris Matheson, the Bill and Ted movies. Yeah. Um, uh, in the post, because one, he used to write for its Gary Shandling show, and two, uh, he and I got friendly during the like post production and release of Bogus Journey, mm -hmm. to the point where I like I, I I'm sure that he doesn't necessarily think like oh I'm his friend, but like he's friendly. He like did the thing where he gave me his his phone number. He's like anytime you need anything, let me know. And when I shot him an email one day to be like hey can we talk for this story that I'm writing, like I got on the phone with him and he was like. Dude, I, I'm so swamped today. I wouldn't do this for anybody but you. And so, like, we're that level of professional friendly. And <laughs> yeah. so I, like, tagged him because he was a writer on the show. Uh, and because I was just kind of was acknowledging, like, yeah, I had no fucking idea. Like, I'd never watched the show because I grew up at a time when uh, my family didn't have Showtime and didn't watch that kind of show anyway. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, but his first, like, his... His, I think, first comment directly to me instead of responding to the, one of the people who responded to my tweet yeah. was something about getting the song stuck in his head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so it's Gary Shandling's show. I'm working my way through for the first time, and I'm loving it. Uh, it's funny as hell. It's meta. And uh, because Gary Shandling was in Iron Man 2 and Captain America 2, yes. yeah, I was it. able to write a story that was basically like, Here's the minor Marvel er here's the minor Marvel actor who uh, made WandaVision possible, yeah. which is a great cl clickbait headline that's technically oh, yeah. accurate. Uh, even <laughs> though it, it I mean that's all that that's all that uh, uh, clickbait headlines have to be is technically as accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say usually they're not. <laughs> I will say most people would probably be at least interested mm. in that story. When, it, when they clicked in, like, I think that fewer people than usual will click on that and yeah. be like, oh, fuck you. You made me click on this. Like, <laughs> I think that there's a fair number of people who would be like, oh, yeah, shit. Gary Shandling was in Iron Man and or 
Yeah. I had no idea this show was a thing, you know? Yeah. Which is unfortunate because as we were talking about, because we're like, I, I was actually like, once you brought it up and I'm like, because I've been looking for something to, I also have been like looking for something to do like a real rewatch. And I watched, I, I grew up on uh, Gary Shandling. Like, yeah. and um, as I tweeted, as I tweeted in response to me, like uh, Gary Shandling and Tracy Ullman were basically at, at fault, you know, uh, created my sense of humor as a child, which is a pretty fucked up yeah. <laughs> when you're five years old and making psycho psychiatrist humor jokes. Nice. It's a little bit problematic, but it did. But I mean, like Tracy Ullman show also, uh, also plat um, platform. <laughs> it's funny. I use platform usually in a very negative way, yeah. uh, but platformed um, uh, uh, the Simpsons. And yeah. thus. so like whenever I get to do the hipster thing, uh, of saying, oh, oh, you started watching The Simpsons in, what, 89? <laughs> I started watching in 87. Um, but uh, because they were uh, Butterfinger ads, like very weird, you know, whatever. But uh, basically. And uh, but yeah, Gary Shandling, I don't even like I have a vague remembrance of it. I don't even know how the hell. I guess we had Showtime, I guess. I mean, I guess we yeah. had whatever it was on. But um, uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I your, your family was always a little more fancy. <laughs> <laughs> well my aunt my aunt it was you know it's always my aunt it was because uh, yeah, you know, yeah. she's the movie thing i mean like i grew up with like a small video store in my house or yeah. in my in my whenever i'd go up and visit my aunt had over a thousand to or 1500 to 2000 like uh betamax uh, and vhs yeah. tapes um and sadly to my thing she's she over the years gave away most of them yeah. to like the library and stuff like that and i'm just like you had a return. You had like all the original Star Wars Beta yeah, Max yeah. tapes. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I I recently bought, uh, and I can't remember why. Oh, I think it was just so that I had the art, so that I could make like T-shirts and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I bought three random Beta tapes for like two fifty on eBay, and it was just stuff that somebody had recorded off TV. But it was like Superman the movie, Empire Strikes Back, and something else. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, well, that that's not if I if I'm gonna have three beta tapes, those aren't two bad ones to have. <laughs> but uh okay, so other than Gary Shandling, uh oh, I recently watched a terrific animated DC movie. And usually the the DC animated movies are, are really hit or miss for me. Uh, I know that they are generally of very good quality, but I'm not a huge animated guy. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the stories and characters that they choose to focus on are not what I would pick if I had my pick of, of every movie and, you know, every story in DC's publishing history. Yeah. Uh, but they did an animated movie that came out. It's coming out on DVD on Tuesday. So it's been on digital for about two weeks now. It's called Batman Soul of the Dragon. Yeah. And... Uh, it's the kind of like, I, I will say I I, you know, fast forward like a minute and a half if you want the best possible experience because like I didn't know what this thing was when I put it when I put on the screener that they sent me yeah and I was like holy crap this is great um <laughs> it's it, it I believe it's R rated I'm not sure it's it's either PG thirteen or R because it's one of those direct to DVD animated movies that you know but it's uh. It centers on not just Batman, but an, like an early in his career Batman, uh, and 
three or four people who had gone to the same like training dojo basically with him in Nanda Parbat, which is like this mystic like uh Asian nation in the DC universe. Mm -hmm. And uh <clears throat> uh it it star stars uh I think it's Mark DeCascos, uh who you would know from Iron Chef America. He's the Grandmaster <laughs> guy. And uh also from uh like Hawaii Five O and some of the Fast and Furious movies and stuff like that. Um he's terrific. Um but he plays uh Richard Dragon, which if you watch Arrow, uh, yeah. Ricardo Diaz is Richard Dragon. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of funny because Richard Dragon, uh, he was basically Iron Fist, complete mm -hmm. with the problematic like white guy in the Asian temple kind of mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. that was popular in the 70s. <laughs> um, and so it's funny to me that like the two versions of Richard Dragon that we've gotten in the last... Uh, 10 years and in, in like other media one they just made him hispanic and completely changed his backstory and the other one they kept his backstory intact but they were just like no he's literally bruce lee because that's the punchline here this movie is it's set in the 70s yeah. it's scored like a 70s kung fu movie oh, it's it's animated like I mean it's it's animated pretty normally, but the shots that they choose are like <laughs> shots from a seventies kung fu movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it has like elements of James Bond in there and elements of black exploitation in there. Like it's so stylized and it's so much cooler than like ninety percent of all the things that they make in these DC animated movies. Um, and it's funny because it comes on the heels of they just did another Batman animated movie called A Death in the Family, which is uh, it's based on a story from the 80s uh, from the guy who created Thanos. But oh. uh, in, in that story, uh, the Joker beats Robin to death with a crowbar. <coughs> uh, yeah. in, and if you know anything about comics, you probably have heard this story where uh, Death in the Family uh, had two different endings that were mm -hmm. drawn. One where Robin dies and one where he's miraculously saved. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had a 900 number where people could call the 900 number and vote. And uh, so people voted to kill Robin. Uh, and, and so when they decided to do a direct-to-DVD movie of A Death in the Family, and of course uh, in the years since that version of Robin has come back and he's like this anti-hero who's kind of crazy and uh, one of my least favorite characters in D.C., but, um, <laughs> well, if he, all of your uh, fans uh, voted to murder you, you would be a little crazy, well, too. Well, yeah. But so he... Uh, he uh, they did an animated movie a few years back called uh, Under the Red Hood, which is the introduction of Jason Todd as the Red Hood character. Mm -hmm. And this, they actually used the same actor uh, for the Red Hood stuff in this one that they did in that. Yeah. And, like, it's one of those weird things where, okay, so this movie goes from Death in the Family to Under the Red Hood because Death in the Family is not enough story to, uh, to fill a 70-minute animated movie. Yeah, But what they did, which uh, you can only get this experience on Blu-ray, uh, <laughs> probably DVD too, but certainly on physical media, the digital version does not work the same. Mm -hmm. um, they did a, a choose-your-own-adventure, basically. Oh, so nice. you can vote in story. Um, and it's not just whether Robin lives or dies. There's like three or four yeah, different yeah. 
points where the, oh, the, cool. the branches. And so, the, yeah. you know, once you go in you know, the exponential, whatever, there's like yeah. 32 different versions of the movie or something that you can oh, watch. Cool. Uh, and the movie is shorter than the 70 minutes these things usually are. Yeah. Um, it's like 40 minutes. But at Ooh. the same time, they probably had to shoot like 150 minutes instead of 70 yeah. for yeah. all the various endings and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I just I thought that was a really cool thing. Uh, the, the execution of like or the execution of the choose your own adventure thing is really cool. Mm -hmm. The actual story isn't like it's just it's fine. Yeah. It's not as impressive as something like Soul of the Dragon. But yeah. when you look at the A Death in the Family and that ambitious thing they just did, mm -hmm. and then you roll it into Soul of the Dragon where it's like you're trying to be visually interesting and, and like arresting in a way like the whole the the story starts and it's like very 70s and you don't see batman until like 12 minutes in because the real main character is richard dragon and the yeah. whole first like the whole cold open before the credits roll is him on like a james bond mission nice. and then like he like ends up having to parachute out of a plane or something and that's when the credits roll nice and so it's it's like it's just terrific and it's one of those things where uh, usually I watch all those animated things because I do a lot of interviews with the cast and crew uh, mm -hmm. because the publicist is a really good guy and, and like the nature of my job is my readers like those a lot. Mm -hmm. And I generally, I don't dislike them, but like they're just, they're fine. They're enjoyable. They're pretty well done, but like they're not my thing necessarily. And yeah. this one, I'm just like, no, I like before they sent me my screener disc, I actually paid full price to buy the, <laughs> uh, digital copy so that i could watch it like before it was available on blu-ray <coughs> uh, and then of course they sent me my screener much earlier than they usually do and i yeah. had purchased it and then got a new copy less than 24 hours later <laughs> god damn it <laughs> but uh but mm. uh, yeah One so, i'll be right back because yeah. i just remembered something Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, for those of you at home, Zach just got another bottle. <laughs> no, no, uh, because it, <laughs> it's something I, I needed to bring up because <laughs> it's something I was sent. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but continue. I'm sorry. Yes, finish no, up. Sorry. I think that's all I had to say, really, about, yeah. the, about a Bat Batman Soul of the Dragon. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else, like, recent that I'm watching. Because, again, I'm really – I feel like I'm watching mostly older stuff. I'm re-watching a lot of stuff. I did watch Judd Apatow's, and, and this just speaks to the Gary Shandling thing. So I, uh, I was – I've been listening to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, which is an interview podcast, like a long-form interview podcast that Conan O'Brien does. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been, like I, – I listen to it on and off. I listen to it basically when I like the guest. Um, but I ran out of other podcasts, and I'm just like, okay, well, I'll just go through and fill in all the holes in my Conan listening history. Yeah. And, like, listening to a lot of that at once, uh, he kept mentioning Shanling as, like, one of his yeah. formative influences and as a blah, blah, blah. And at the same time, I'm reading a book um, which uh, called uh, – but what I really want to do is direct, which is the autobiography yeah. of uh, director Ken Quapis. And yeah. uh, Ken Quapis, uh, he did uh, Follow That Bird – the Big Bird origin movie, basically, that they did in the 80s. Yeah. And uh, he said, she said, and then he became a, a respected television director, and he did the pilots for shows like The Larry Sanders Show and The Office. Yeah. Uh, and so he uh, he mentions, because he directed The Larry Sanders pilot and, like, half of the episodes or something, he mentions, like, he talks about Shandling a lot in his book. 
And I'm just like, okay, so I'm literally like immersing myself in two things right now that are both talking about this guy who I know basically nothing about. Um, <laughs> That's so funny. So, it's it's just so funny because like, if if I knew that you hadn't watched Gary Shandling, yeah. I would have I would have figured out a way of forced you because I'm I, like, it literally is like it's it's so your humor. Oh yeah, like, it's, it's just one of those. I was just like, like that type of humor is one of the reasons why we're friends. Yeah, <laughs> like it's because we both get that, and there's not a lot of people that like that. Like, oh, I, I, this, that, I, I just spent two months uh, in Georgia with uh, uh, two colleagues who, uh, one is uh, 23 years old, I think, and like has not watched a lot of movies and stuff like right. that. So like I, I basically like we were, we were bored and we we're like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to put on a movie or whatever. And she's like, every single movie you've shown me, I've actually really liked. And I'm really surprised about that because <laughs> we're very, very different. Um, yeah. And uh, like, I, you know, his first thing was like, okay, we're watching ready or not. And then it was uh, uh satanic panic <laughs> and, and babies. Basically we, we watched a lot of uh, <laughs> Samara weaving. Films. Um, but uh uh, but yeah, anyway, sorry. Yes. <laughs> like, um, oh, but all I was saying was that because I've been, like, you know, reading and listening to these things that really kept talking about Shanling as this like genius. Yeah. Um, I knew him a bit, but really only from like stand up and yeah. some of his Carson appearances. And so I didn't like him as much because his stand up is actually not quite my style. It's really his narrative stuff that I like. Um, and so uh, I, I decided to give him a try, and I started actually with the documentary film that Judd Apatow made, um, The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling, which was a four-hour like, miniseries event that they have cut together as a movie. If you, you can either buy it as two episodes of TV that are two hours each, or you can buy it as a movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the value is in doing one or the other. They are the same price as far as I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so I, I that's the only other kind of new thing I can think of that I, I've watched is I, I bought the Zen Diaries of Gary Shanling uh, right around the same time that I bought the Batman thing a couple of weeks ago and got into that. And then from there, uh, when I saw that, because I've seen a handful of episodes of Larry Sanders and I always thought it was really good, but uh, I don't like Larry David very much. And it reminded me in the early days of some of some of like Curb. Yeah. Um, and uh so I, I had like put a pin in it because I was like, ah, oh, there's some really good stuff here, but it's just not my voice. Yeah. Um, and so when I found out what it's Gary Shandling's show was and like the fact that it's not just Larry Sanders, it's, it's like a whole <laughs> other thing. I was yeah. like, OK, I got to check this out. Um, one thing I will say for our listeners, because we've talked about how hard it is to find, you yeah. can uh, you can buy the first season of it's Gary Shandling's show. Uh mm -hmm on Amazon or iTunes for like 20 bucks. And you can buy the first two seasons on Blu-ray for, uh, or on DVD, excuse me, for basically like 20 bucks a pop. Um, yeah. But the third and fourth season have never come out as standalone seasons. They've only came out as part of this box set, which yeah. was, uh, it, it was released by Shout Factory in 2009. And I think the retail was like 80 bucks back then. But now you're <laughs> lucky to find it for 200. Yeah. yeah. Um, and most of them are like between 350 and 600. Yeah. And so unless you are really, really into it, you probably yeah. are not going to buy the DVD. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't think there's a DVD I would ever 
um, pay. <laughs> yeah. Pay it. Like, I literally can't think of anything. Um, yeah. if, if I was like a regular citizen and not somebody who worked for CBS and was in part of the entertainment industry. Yeah. I would consider like pooling 20 bucks a pop from the 50 people who all said, oh, my God, I wish I had this. Yeah. And then just like buying one off eBay and burning them copies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really funny. I'm trying to I was trying to find the um, uh, I was trying to find the. uh God, that's depressing. Um, I was trying to find the, uh, like, see if they had any uh, episodes on YouTube. Um, and unfortunately, it, they didn't. The only thing I did find, though, was uh, It's Gary Shanley Show's complete ser- series DVD trailer uh, at, on Shout, Shout Factory site. And when you click the link to go to buy the DVD, it goes to a shoutfactorystore.com and then some stuff. And it's all in uh korean uh something <laughs> i don't know um and, and like literally like i i don't think it's actually shout factory uh which yeah. is super weird what, <laughs> but... what surprises me even more just because uh this is usually a haven for this sort of thing yeah, i just yeah, went sure. to vimeo on a whim to look yeah. and there aren't episodes on vimeo either yeah. there's like three episodes that are all from season one so you could just get them legally and in much better yeah. quality yeah and then a handful of his tonight show appearances yeah god that's so it's so depressing (laughs) that yeah people like on this four years ago people are saying please reissue this yeah (laughs) things like that so like yeah that's that's really depressing um like which it's sad that it didn't get some sort of thing right after uh um right after he passed away usually there's like you know like oh people are interested maybe we could do something and nothing. I and mean, it's just like, cause obviously clearly somebody is, I don't know. Uh, I guess I, I would have to assume that somebody has to be like doing, you know, copyright hits on, on it, them. Otherwise they would I, be I, I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, the weird yeah. thing is, um, they just based on the, the documentary, uh, it would be the, the, the the shandling estate that owns the show as far as i can tell because like he had a big legal blow up with his agent uh in like towards the tail end of the larry sanders show and he sued him for like a billion dollars or some insane amount i think i'm probably wrong i think it's 100 million Um, but he sued them he sued his agent for an incredible amount of money and ultimately like when they settled years later like one of the big things that he got wasn't so much a cash payout, but that he got complete ownership yeah. of it's Gary Shandling's show and the Larry Sanders show yeah. so that, uh, Brillstein and gray didn't have an interest in them. Yeah. And, uh, sorry, I got really excited because I found, uh, uh but it's Larry Sanders show full season. Yes. Um, yeah. I and that's, that's the thing YouTube. is like the Larry Sanders, uh, complete series. And it's funny because Larry, Larry Sanders complete series was out of print for a while too. Yeah. Uh, but it is now back. Yeah. And so there was a nice, really, like, black box set with some, like, liner notes and crap. And yeah. if you find that online, people are selling it usually for, like, 100 or 200 bucks. Yeah. Uh, but you can just find another one that's in a white Amaray case that's, like, $20 for all yeah. four seasons or whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, buy, shop carefully. You don't <laughs> want to pay 200 bucks for something and be like, oh, I could have gotten the exact same thing plus more for $20. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but uh do that uh but yeah so uh the in the zen diaries of, of gary shanling they talk about <laughs> him only in the series and so i'm always i'm kind of like i mean i know he didn't have kids uh, and so I don't know, how, like, how your estate works when you die suddenly. I think his parents were probably gone because he died in his, like, late 50s, early 60s. Yeah. But, like, I, like, I, I wonder if part of the reason that this has never been reissued is just because, like, nobody has a financial interest in reissuing it because the technical owner is, like, the Shandling estate. Yeah. And who the hell is that? You know? <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I just found a It's Gary Shandling Show complete series DVD unboxing. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of DVDs, it seems. It is. Um, 16 so for, Especially considering it's only 72 ep- or it's only 72 episodes, but I guess DVDs. It's also, versus- like, anyway, so. one of the things that, it, like, one of the only things that would make that tempting is the fact that it's apparently super feature rich. Like yeah. that trailer. That Based on the back of the box that they briefly yeah. just showed. Yes, it was. <laughs> well, and also, uh, it's funny because uh, at one point in that trailer that you were talking about, it says uh, commentary tracks. And there's not a shot in in, in that moment. The, the shot doesn't include Gary Shandling. I don't know who the person on the right of that shot is, but the person on the left of that shot is Ed Solomon. Yeah. And so apparently Ed Solomon, who has told me before that he doesn't like watching his own stuff. And so like he didn't watch Bill and Ted's bogus journey between theatrical release and like 2012 when he had to record yeah. the commentary track for Shout Factory. Yeah. Um, apparently Shout Factory made him do it again <laughs> when he had to go back and watch his eight episodes of <laughs> the Gary Chandling show. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so those that's basically everything that I've been because, again, I, I've been soaking in like books and podcasts and everything that I've been doing in my life is basically all directed towards the Josie book. Uh, I've had like this weird digression uh, where it's like most of what I'm reading is uh, Hollywood true stories and biographies and things. Um, And, and one of the ones that I read early on in the process was uh, the late shift, which is the story of like the battle for the tonight show. When how, Leonard, John, how Leno fucked over uh, Letterman. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's so funny because the book, um, the book really wants to paint Jay as like a really nice guy who basically didn't know his people were screwing everybody over. And mm. I'm sure like there's some evidence for that. Cause from what yeah. I can tell his agent at the time was a genuine disaster. Yeah. Like she, Uh, She was the one who pushed and pushed and pushed for NBC to sign the deal so that, like, before Carson was even retired, uh, Jay was already, like, next in line. Yeah. Um, But also, like, when they made her an exec producer on The Tonight Show, Mm -hmm. she was such a nightmare that they had to fire her. Yeah. And they weren't sure because, like, Jay was, like, the godfather to her kid and stuff. Yeah. They weren't sure if he was going to walk. Yeah. And so, like, when they were in the middle of trying to keep Letterman, they also were like, we might just have to hire Letterman for The Tonight Show, because if Leno walks, yeah, like, that would solve the whole issue. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Yeah, right? But so, uh, but it's funny, because, like, she genuinely seems like she was a, a borderline dangerous person. Mm-hmm. Like, there was, there was a story that we did in this book, uh, and there was a quote in there from Leno. And so I'm like, not only is this probably true, but like, 
it was bad enough that he copped to it later, even though from what I can tell, he still made excuses for her forever. Yeah. Um, but like there was an incident where she sent the studio audience home and didn't do an episode one night after it had been heavily promoted because <laughs> they were going on live after the Dem or the Republican national convention yeah. in like 96. Yeah. No, night must've been 92. Yeah. Um, but the night's keynote speaker was Reagan. Yeah. And she was, throwing a fit because Reagan was running long and she wanted she wanted NBC corporate to force NBC news to cut away from Ronald Reagan so <laughs> she could have the show oh my and God. and she told him she told them basically if you don't do this I'm going to send the audience home and they didn't do it because no sane person would ever do that yeah and she sent the audience home and like two weeks later she did some other terrible thing I can't remember what yeah. and that's when somebody said to Leno, like, you're going to lose this show yeah, because she needs to go. And if your, your loyalty has to be to the, to, to the, to the tonight show and to the network. Yeah. Uh, because like, she's a crazy person and you can't see it because you care about her. Yeah. 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 Uh, but so she was clearly like a mess, but mm -hmm. the book very much wants you to like Jay and it's funny because like that was obviously the late show the late shift was a best-selling book they made that tv movie yeah and and it's like i feel like that was the definitive archive of that period for a while yeah and then he screwed conan yeah and it becomes like oh no clearly he knew what he was doing yeah you know yeah um and that book if you haven't read it or seen the movie it's absolutely worth checking out if you have even yeah. the passing interest in this the movie is actually the movie is quite good yeah uh, it was actually i i liked it when i saw it but that was 20 years ago yeah um the big thing that i the big thing that stuck out at me from like one of the big things at least that stuck out at me in the book because i'm just the right age to remember like the esteem yeah. in which everybody held carson yeah uh and so one of the things that sticks out at me from that book is that part of this agent's like Thing where she was trying to like secure the tonight show at all costs yeah. was that she like planted a story in page six which was nbc thinks carson's getting too old and they want him to go so they can replace him with leno and <laughs> apparently what happened was that the carson people got pissed obviously and nbc yeah. got pissed and she managed to keep her fingerprints off of it for a while. Yeah. Um, but like Jay talked to her and was like, this didn't come from us, right? That's crazy. And she said, no. And so Leno called up Carson and said, Hey, I just want you to know, like, this is like, that's a really shitty thing. And I apologize, but I promise you it didn't come from anybody in my camp. <sighs> and Carson's just like, yes, it did Jay. And he's like, no, no, I promise. I talked to everybody. He's like, you got to talk to her again. She's a crazy person. It came from your people. Yeah. And then Carson just hung up and like, <laughs> yeah, that like everything I, I know about Carson, like that would be like, Oh shit. He's really <laughs> like, as Oh yeah. Yeah. He genuinely seems like I'm sure there's stories out there. I'm sure there are. I have never read them, but like, yeah, he genuinely seemed like one of the few people to ever be the biggest thing on television or Hollywood or whatever, and just be the same person, just be yeah, like, I mean, certainly person. everything that I've heard about him before and since 
it like it strikes me that he's pretty much the character he plays on his show in real life. Yeah. Like he's he's just that bouncy and he's yeah. that effusive and he's happy to do what he does. And and so like the idea of like not even getting mad, but just being like, No, Jay, you yeah. you guys are responsible for this. Yeah. And then hanging up. Like yeah. I feel like if you knew him that would be like a oh shit. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the version like of somebody throwing a chair into a television or something or yeah. you know, yeah. like pissed off. Like he hung up on me. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh but yeah, so that I, I read that book and that's what kind of got me off on the side tangent of uh like mm-hmm. Conan O'Brien and Gary Shandling and all that kind of stuff. Uh but even then, like I'm you know, I'm I'm watching the Shandling documentary and I'm reading it's Gary Shandling's book. And I'm like, no, this all completely fits in with my Josie, like, research. Because even though it's not exactly what I would have been reading, like, it's definitely in the right ballpark. Yeah. And Um, now I want to watch Carson. God damn it. (laughs) uh, You can watch Carson on, I believe it's Shout Factory TV. Yeah. Um, which is they have I mean, also just, every once in a while I go down the YouTube hole and just watch old Carson interviews because... That's again also my childhood where I was just like Yeah, that, it's funny. Yeah. Um Carson's Carson's humor isn't necessarily for me because it's just he's older than us, obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh it's funny because like Carson when you look at Dave and when you look at Leno, nobody came close to Carson in uh as an interviewer yeah. for a long time. I would say that over the course of his career, Letterman became that guy, mm-hmm. but he didn't start out that way. Uh, and Letterman's humor was always the best. Um, but really like, I think that Carson, part of the reason Carson speaks so much to me is because I've always been a fan of Conan. Like even before the, the tonight show fiasco, I've always been a fan of, of O'Brien. And I think Conan is a great interviewer in a way that at the same point in their development, Leno and, uh, and Letterman never were. And that Leno really never got there, uh, because it just wasn't, it didn't seem to interest him. Well, I mean, Um, I think Leno, I mean, I think the Leno to, Fallon, um, like drift. I think that's the most like it's the most appropriate just because neither of them. It's always about them. Like, yeah, I I think that Leno came off as egotistical, um, but and Fallon. I don't think came off as it comes off as egotistical. He just laughs at all his own jokes and laughs and and somehow it's about him and it, it just comes off as. I don't know, a really shitty fucking comedian. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mean, um, as I but laugh, I think you're own... onto something. I think the reason that Leno seems more self-centered and and Fallon seems more hapless is just mm-hmm. their like their look and their personality. I think that Fallon does a lot more of the like yeah. the this the kind of self-deprecating stuff that Conan does. Um, except that Fallon doesn't like swing back around the other way. Where O'Brien's self-deprecation is all talking about how he's the greatest thing in the history of the earth. And so like, it's all like all of the like bashing himself is there by implication. Whereas Fallon does a lot of the like, aren't I pathetic kind of humor, you know? Um, But, uh, but yeah, I I agree with you. I think that it makes perfect sense. It's funny because I don't like Fallon and I don't think that like giving him the tonight show is a, like, it, it feels to me like it cheapens the brand even further. Yeah. Um, which is actually funny. One of the things that they in that in the night shift, one of the things they talked about is at one point Letterman's people like they offered him a way to get the Tonight Show. I think it was literally like, "Look, we don't want to look any worse than we already do. 
We understand it was the wrong decision to offer it to Jay. He's yep. a disaster. If you sign with us right now, we'll do for you the same thing we did for Jay and basically say at the end of Jay's contract, he's gone and you get the show. Mm-hmm. And like Dave wanted to do it because all he ever wanted was the Tonight Show. And his people basically convinced him, do not do that. You're not getting Johnny Carson's Tonight Show. He's mm-hmm. cheapened it. And so, and, and to me, it's like, as somebody who never liked Leno, I totally buy that. Yeah. But even if you liked Leno, like, you look at Jimmy Fallon and you're like, there's nothing special about The Tonight Show, the Tonight show anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's not, yeah, it's not The Tonight Show. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, Letterman's, uh, Letterman's show became more The Tonight Show than, you know, just, yeah. just because of the, I mean, <laughs> um, just, I don't know, I, I, I don't know, it's just, it's such a weird feeling, and, like, I, gr- I grew up in, like, I, one of the times, uh, times I just, like, I, I think probably the first time I, like, remember, like, openly weeping on tele, like, from watching something on television was, uh, Carson's last episode, uh, last show, yeah. and just being, like, um, like I still have memories of, it. and yeah. it's funny because like some of the memories are actually mixed where I'm like, wait, was that actually, was that the Simpsons episode when it was yeah. the, uh, <laughs> like, the you know what's funny? special? Um, <laughs> and the, I'm just like, wait, was that it? Did Bette Midler, Bette Midler Carson was on, um, yeah. I've heard this story like three times because Conan O'Brien like forgets that he's told it on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, uh that episode they brought Carson in to like record his lines and like O'Brien was apparently one of the writers on that episode. And so like Conan O'Brien and Mike Scully and like somebody else were like literally sitting like on the floor in this room where Carson was like holding court (laughs) about like what a douchebag Bob Hope was or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So sad. But uh, he's he's one of those guys that I definitely like. I would have, I I I think I would have kicked people's people in the shins to like be able to meet and interview. Like like yeah. you know the brief the, the brief weird times that I've worked for comic book and like we're like oh yeah uh, who, who who wants to do a Carson interview and be like I will fucking murder anyone who yeah. raises their hand. All you children don't remember yeah. <laughs> I mean, like i swear to god like I mean, Brandon, that's, that's pretty much, Brandon that's, fucking gets this one <laughs> pretty much how i was with the muppets i mean yeah. <laughs> uh, i'm just happy i'm just happy i got stan lee that's all that matters but yeah. uh, <laughs> i'm sorry russ <laughs> but did you, i mean did you, I, I couldn't have done it anyway because i wasn't in new york at that time yeah, no, I know. Yeah, that was, yeah. I think that was just, wasn't that just a weird coincidence that I, I wasn't? Yeah, I think it just happened to be in town. Right, I was even living, living there, I don't think, no, at the time. No, you definitely weren't, because it was like 2012 or something. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> probably an election, honestly. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I just, it's funny, because I was just thinking about that, because I just came across the video um, uh, on Facebook for some reason. It re-upped it and was just like, oh, hey, remember this? And I'm like, oh, yes. And I, by the way, I did, I did, um, uh, I somehow I have the audio of, of uh, uh, Stan Lee um, uh, actually saying you're you're a good interviewer. And it's just warps. <laughs> That's another I, thing, by the way, uh, that I I have been uh, imbibing, and I I can't find the. It's probably downstairs. Um, so they sent me a PDF galley of Abraham Reisman's uh, upcoming biography of Stan Lee. Oh, nice. And then I printed it because like I don't like the font 
<laughs> and so it's really hard. Like I, I'm already, I'm an old person. It's already hard for me to read on screens. And right. when the font isn't the isn't right, I'm just like it, it just bothers the shit out of me. And then I, I printed it. I, I got a brand new printer because my old printer uh, was there was nothing at all wrong with it, but they stopped making ink for it. Um, so I bought a brand new printer, and it's great because uh, now I'm I'm on the internet all the time, and HP knows HP knows everything I do. Um, <laughs> And I got an email that told me that, like, hey, you just printed 300 pages, you dumb fuck. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I printed this galley, and I'm, I, it's nice because it prints as, like, a, a Kindle format. And so there's, like, two inches on either side of this, a huge margin, yeah. where I can just make all the notes I want because I'm, yeah. like, I'm talking to the guy who wrote it. And it's, like, a really well-researched, like... Uh, you know, I I, can't, I really shouldn't say anything about the book other than the fact that I like it a lot and that it's really well researched. Yeah. But I do think it's one of those things where people are going to think like, "Oh, it's a Stan Lee biography. I know what this is," and it's not what you think cool. that is. Yeah. Um, it's cool. Who, did, who did that? Was it Coppola? I'm trying to remember who did it. Um, some. I think it was Coppola with God with Godfather. Um, and he, what he did was he photocopied or I guess mimeographed back then yeah. uh, pages uh, the book, and then just on the page wrote the notes all around it for what he was adapt when he was writing the screenplay and that sort of thing. So yeah, I but, think you're right. I think it was the Godfather. Uh, it's funny. Um, I I think that story came up as an ancillary anecdote in Brian J. Jones's biography of George Lucas that I read last year. Um, and again, Brian J. Jones, I I. I finally finished his uh um god damn it i always forget his name um washington irving uh, mm -hmm. uh biography that he did but uh he's he's terrific he's the guy who did that jim henson biography and he did one of dr seuss and he's one of george lucas and he's got apparently a new book he's working on that he hasn't uh told us who it's about yet and uh he's just like the only thing i can say is that nobody will ever guess and i'm just <laughs> like okay so it's probably a woman because <laughs> um, basically every guy he's written about so far has been the same dude to some extent where it's like yeah. he's i'm a creative genius who's terrible to my wife um yeah unfortunately it seems like most of them are but pardon? yeah i say unfortunately it seems like most of them are yeah. um as you go through there like yeah. it's um, yeah. but uh i mean jim to to much less of an extent like henson uh like separated from his wife and then while they were I, I, maybe they maybe he was i can't remember if he was cheating first or if they separated first but like also his cheating was like an affair that was like just like oh he found a second wife basically and they just never got married um <laughs> but like and i kind of i don't know i feel like people make mistakes uh but then you have things like uh uh the, the, the seuss and and uh lucas things it's like no but like it seems like they really, really screwed their wives over. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Um, uh, so what have you been, because we're clearly at this point, it, we're an hour and 15 minutes in. Yeah. We should wrap up soon. And we are definitely not going to get to talk at length about falling down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll have to like rewatch it and do our notes. Um, I am uh, not contractually obligated to say anything about this, but um I got this random note. I, I guess I tweeted a lot about uh, Disenchantment, uh, the mm -hmm. Matt Groening, um, Grading? Groening? Um, 
graining uh netflix show uh which I, I i like the first uh two seasons a lot um i haven't really had a chance too much to delve into the third season because of uh, stuff yeah. uh because of you know american revolution and shit or civil war or something going on uh, yeah. but anyway uh things going on um and uh they sent me a random note on uh on twitter we're like Hey, what's your address? We'd like to send you something. And that's like all it was. And I'm like, yeah, double check. We're like, okay, it's a verified account. It's, it yeah. is actually them. And I'm like, I'm just like waiting for somebody to find out. Like, we're like, oh, that's, and that's the way Zach's personal home address got found out. Um, yeah, it was right. by because he, <laughs> but uh, Disenchantment sent me, um, which is pretty wild too. I mean, like, obviously I'm over 21, but it's, it's funny that like, they wouldn't be like, Hey, we need you to have a thing, but they sent me four bottles of, uh, mead. Um, these really great, um, for, for anyone at home, I'm holding up the bottle and they're, uh, there's, they're different, I, they're different flavors. Uh, but one's uh dreamland and it has, uh, Merkimer and a couple other characters. Uh, they have four, you know, four total characters on, on the bottle. Uh, I had, one um with uh when i was in um uh, uh when i was in columbus with two colleagues of mine um and uh i was really shocked uh because like i've had mead before and mm-hmm. it's like ah, it's good it's good i'm like eh. you know i mean like if somebody said hey do you want some mead or do you want some like whiskey you know something that i yeah. like i'd be like ah, i'll have the thing thank you for offering the mead though um yeah. but like this is like solidly good stuff <laughs> like i don't know i don't know who the um it's out of brooklyn um oh it's enlightenment wine but uh it was super nice of them to do that and i love these bottles they're these little yeah. tiny uh 375 milliliter bottles because like if you gave me like a full bottle of mead like it would be bad but uh it's like 12 point 12.5 alcohol and um it was super duper nice of them to do this um and especially considering it's like one of those i'm like i i guess i tweeted a lot about them it's not like you know and like i don't have comicbook.com in my bio or anything like that like so like this literally must have been like you've talked nice stuff about the show a lot here have something nice and they sent me the four bottles and uh we'll have to i'll have to give you one and we'll have to do like watch a couple episodes of disenchantment and uh uh and watch it um if you haven't watched it um like i said the first two seasons are 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 really solid um they um i'm trying to think of like a comparison at all it's it's kind of nice actually because it's like it's not it's not like something that exists on television now Mm -hmm. Uh, because like all animation now is rick and morty like it's that absurdist completely out there ridiculous which is great if you're i i like rick and morty a lot but it's like it's like i feel like everything now in animation is like completely aimed if it's not american dad or family guy or you know the fox shows it's Mm. completely and utterly aimed at stoners um or you know like a certain like that like you know 18 to 25 demo or something like that and like it's fine like if you like internet like if you want to live in internet humor and that sort of thing yeah uh this is uh, a little bit more disenchantment is a little bit more old school definitely obviously has a simpsons vibe to it um and the animation style is within the simpsons world of of thing which is also nice because like it's nice to have good animation because it's like that's something that i'm like really missing uh like when i was like i wish that rick and more like i guess i guess bojack horseman exists um mm-hmm. so that's that's nice or existed 
it's over, right? Isn't I it? I think it's over. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I literally physically couldn't handle, or not, no, not physically, but <laughs> emotionally couldn't handle um, <laughs> the, the last season. It's a uh, Bojack Horseman is like a little too like. Uh, as somebody who has uh, uh, issues with depression, that sort of thing. Like yeah. I watched, like I, I forget which season it was. I think the fourth <laughs> season. Like I, our heart, I like watched the whole fucking season in like almost a sitting. Like I think I watched half, and then like, and I went through like two bottles of fucking whiskey in a week <laughs> watching it, and it set me the fuck out. Like I don't recommend that. Like that was yeah. really bad. It put me in a bad like depression cycle um, for like a while. <laughs> But um, uh, so like I have to like be very careful with watching Bojack because uh, I love that show so much. But um, but it's nice to have like I really love like adult animation yeah. um, that isn't, you know, porn. Um, but <laughs> it's always funny to do that. But uh, um, definitely I definitely dug that. Um, I just watched um, I, I uh, um, now that I'm back in town, like I, I went to. Uh, uh, Red box and got. I watched Tenet. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I watched. <laughs> like, it's a solidly made film, but it is a film like it is like <laughs> the the it, it feel it feels like what the joke version of um, Inception was. Yeah, what just like there's. <laughs> There's like speaking of Rick and Morty, there's a like a bit in Rick and Morty where it's just like, okay, okay, we get it. You like Inception. It's it's smart. Like where they're mocking and like making jokes about it. And that's what Inception feels like. Like where I'm like, this could have just been a really solid, like big action film. They drive a 737 into a building and blow it up. Like that. But like it's Nolan, so he has to do something weird. Um and it just felt like, I don't know what, like maybe I wasn't paying attention strong enough or something, but I'm like, I know I'm not the only person that's like talked about this. Um, but the other film that I picked up um, uh, in physical media, uh, yeah. but it's also obviously available everywhere is uh, um, love and monsters. Oh uh, yeah. That's coming out on Blu-ray this week. Yeah. Um, it is uh, super fun. um it doesn't have like i'm trying to think of like uh the one thing i will say is uh there's a dog in it and uh spoilers um the dog lives uh which i tell every whenever like i watch a film and like there's a dog in a film and like it lives i'm like i'm gonna tell you it lives because you don't shouldn't have to live through the stress because there's a lot of moments in this film where you're like that dog is gonna die and they're gonna fucking use that as a goddamn thing and i hate that shit yeah, uh, but the dog lives. Um, okay. and it's great. Um, I don't recognize. I vaguely. Well, I wouldn't say I don't recognize it all, but like every uh, Dylan O'Brien, Jessica Henwick. Uh, oh, Michael Worker is the only guy that like oh, in yeah. the film is great. But like everyone's really great in it. It's um, basically uh, 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 a meteorite's coming to hit the planet, and they uh, they, they is. <clears throat> We, the the world, uh, sends missiles to blow it up. And basically, whatever the, like, not radioactive, but something, chemicals, whatever, come down, rain back on Earth and um, uh, turn, uh, like, frogs into, like, the size of, like, houses and things like that. And basically, 
everything's uh, everything out in the world is trying to kill you and yeah. f1 has some like it's it's kind of like this is actually something i really like in a lot of especially it seems to be like the younger action films like where it's not like you know rock. obviously the rock or something like that but like they seem to be dealing with like the fact that like oh this is an apocalypse um scenario it's five years on or whatever the i, I forget yeah. it it's more than five years i think it's seven years um as <laughs> And, like, they're actually dealing with, like, to some level, they're dealing with the fact that, oh, people wouldn't just be okay. Like, yeah. this kid has, um, he's, like, in the bunker with a bunch of other people, and he's dealing clearly with extreme PTSD issues, like, watching his parents be murdered and mm-hmm. basically killed in front of them and this sort of thing, and, like, separation and all these issues. And, like, him kind of, like, figuring out how to come to terms with that. And... Like not yeah, a kind of like a not really having to be the hero, but like mm-hmm. still, you know, it's it's a solidly good film. There's a um, God, I'm blanking on it. It was a Netflix. I think it got one season, maybe two seasons. There was another like it was a um, zombie apocalypse type film with comedy. I think we yeah. talked about. I talked about it at some point on the show, and it had that same vibe where it was a uh, almost exclusively younger people. Um, yeah. You know, like early 20s, mid-20s sort of thing. Um, but oh, the, that one, the TV show was about high school students that basically, because the, the, every everyone that was older died in this apocalypse thing. Um, and it kind of has a lot of the same things where it's just like, not the same goddamn tropes of like, oh, the guy, the, basically he decides, his he finds finally finds his, his, uh, his high school or his whatever, his girlfriend, and decides to go the... 85 miles or whatever it is in this like everyone's like you're gonna die and he's just like well it's better than staying here basically to some level yeah. and then he goes and um everything like i was genuinely like the trailer looks really good but like i was genuinely surprised like the 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 monsters are cartoonish enough that they're not well they're cartoonish to some level but they're they're not like terrifying yeah. Um, like in the movie Monsters, um, mm-hmm. and, or Monster, I think it was the Mexican film yeah, where they're yeah. trapped, um, where those are like genuinely terrifying. So like you never you're scared, but not like, oh my god, stressed. Like yeah. it's a really good, and it's just like a really good action film. Um, that is super. Uh, I think super fun, and like nice. actually like decides to like not go directly into the tropes of normal, like I'm going to go save the girl. Uh, yeah. Like and it was like, ends up being like way more badass than he is and things like, and, and not even in a like, Oh, we're turning the tides. It's wonder woman. It's uh, yeah. yeah. Um, which that's a film that I'm really sad that I watched. Um, oh, yeah. I watched that, that too. I can't, I good. forgot about it. Honestly. Um, really sad. I didn't, I didn't hate it. It was just there. Like, and, and part of it for me is like, honestly, um, I have recently, I had recently said like, you know, there's very rarely a, a, an actually bad superhero movie. Like the, the, the bar is pretty high. And so they tend to be like, I don't know, most of them tend to be like between two and a half and four star movies just because like the, the, the odds of them being actually terrible are pretty low, but the odds of them being great are also pretty low. Yeah. And I, I kind of like that's where I land with the Wonder Woman. It's like the first one was a was a great movie. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people had huge expectations for this. And then the nature of the release and the fact that it had been delayed and the blah, 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 blah. 
instead of me, I'm like, ah, it's like a three, three and a half star movie. It's a perfectly watchable movie, but like, it's not what people wanted from the sequel to a five star movie, you know? Yeah. Um, I, my, my big, one of my big problems with is, is, is Wonder Woman a rapist? Yeah, they, they, they I've seen the, <laughs> like the discourse around that. And it's such a Man, weird. It's a fucked up shit about like, like, I, I don't know. It just really felt like, oh, like why somebody, the biggest thing that somebody said was like, why is it that in, in both of these films, the only time that, um, that she can, Diana can figure out that she has to do something or is somebody it's when her boyfriend tells her like, and that, that was just like, it's supposed to, why can't this just be like a sal like, uh, it's, yeah. uh, anyway, but <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we, so we, should, <laughs> we should have a longer, like actual conversation about that movie uh, after I've, cause when I watched it, I watched it like with the family and I'd had a few drinks and I just, I remember mostly just thinking like, I didn't dislike it as much as everybody else did. And everybody yeah. else walked in with much higher expectations than I did. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of was like, eh, this will be fine, right? Um, and everybody else was like, Wonder Woman! And yeah. then uh, those things kind of flipped by the end of the, you know. And know. so I feel like uh, I should watch it again, which, of course, it goes off of HBO Max tomorrow. So hopefully I can just fucking buy it. Um, I'm going to be really annoyed if they start doing this and then they don't make them available to just buy digitally yeah. right after they leave the HBO Max in 30 days. Because it's like, what's what's the point? Just make it available. I, I also go, you got us all paying $15 a fucking month for every single goddamn app. We're now, I personally, like, beyond my, my aunt having, like, yeah. Spectrum cable and that sort of thing, and I, you know, have her password. Um like I let's see, fifteen dollars for HBO Max. I'm at fifteen dollars now for um or whatever it is, like thirteen dollars for yeah. um Hulu slash um Disney Plus. Disney Plus. And then um what else do I have? I think I have at least one or two more. Like Yeah. Like I'm at more money than I've ever paid. Like I I I guess I paid fifty dollars for cable back when I Yeah, and I I have a real problem with that. Like, and again, we should we should talk about that another day. And it really does kind of fly in the face of a thing I wrote recently where it's like, nobody's making you buy all of these. Like you can quit. But at the same time, like my problem is that the business models are more and more being driven towards sending everything to streaming. And so it's like the the absence of DVD isn't just a problem in the sense that like oh I can't go get a physical thing yeah it's a problem for me in the sense that I can't pay one time to own the thing yeah like the idea of like making things harder to own and pushing everything towards basically a a subscription model means like okay well if all I watch on Peacock is Cheers yeah then it's like I'm paying seven bucks a month. <laughs> Yeah, for nothing but cheers forever. I, I, I'm yeah. happy that I'm happy that finally uh, Hulu is starting to have like a lot more original stuff. So at least mm-hmm. what I'm paying for is yeah. because I mean, like, there's literally fucking nothing that I watch on Hulu that is like original shit, like that yeah. or not original shit. But I mean, like, other than so I was like for a while there, I had Hulu um, specifically so I could watch American Dad and like. Mm-hmm. Like something like six months in of of paying, you know, whatever it was yeah. and watching and watching commercials, I should say. So, yeah. I mean, like I was paying twice um, for it and I'm just like, I could have bought, 
I don't even know if American Dad has DVDs. Like, but I'm like, I could have just bought. I mean, obviously, it's like 11 or uh, yeah. 15, 16 seasons by now. But I'm like, I could have just watched this. Obviously, it would have been more annoying because of discs and you know yeah. having to like change out things or whatever. But like, that's really irritating. It's and it, and it's interesting too because like I. I used to have the Simpsons DVDs like they're I still have some of them somewhere. Mm. But I mean, like I used to have like, I think, six or seven seasons of them and I watched them continuously. And now that they're on. FX or whatever, whatever app that they're on, I never watched them. It's actually kind of weird. Oh, oh, yeah, they're on Disney Plus now. Um, But like it's it's kind of funny. Like, I think I've watched like three episodes on Disney Plus and that's it. Uh, yeah. And I mean, the bigger question I think we all have to ask is why does Disney Plus and uh, Hulu exist? <laughs> They're owned yeah. by the same people. Why is it not just one app? <laughs> because you can't have PG, you can't have R rated stuff on anything with Disney in the name. Then it should be just Hulu. <laughs> I, <Whatever>. Trust me. <laughs> I know. It's just one of these annoying things. I also think that I forgot to, I probably forgot this month to cancel my other disney plus account when i finally was like fuck it i'll just combine the two of them but yeah, yeah. uh but yeah anyway oh man uh, that's all here it's all, all right. well any any final thoughts before we because I, I it's 1 30 so i should yeah, probably I should. at some point start heading in the direction of bed <laughs> oh yeah i also pay for netflix and prime so anyway oh, yeah. that's irritating um <laughs> <laughs> damn it so much money every month um but yeah um Oh yeah, what 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 the other one? Um, weird film. Uh, it's came out I think a year or two ago. Watched Lucky Day. Um, I think it's on Hulu. Um, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, definitely just one of those weird. Eh, let's give it a try, and yeah. it turned out to be fantastic. Um, it's another one of those like, uh, weird. Um, uh action things that like i got a guy just gets out of prison still has a debt that somebody thinks he owes and you know comes after him uh it has uh oh my god what's the creepy guy's name um he's it's cs muncie um it's from he's from charlie's angels um oh tom green no no (laughs) not that kind of creepy guy um uh oh my god this is gonna bother me we can't we can't end without having this because it's gonna bother me and anyone who's actually listening at this point is like god damn it it's this person (laughs) (laughs) oh Uh, um oh no that's the god damn it 2019 fucking god damn it that's the tv series how many how is there this many fucking charlie's angels really yeah, they they keep it's one of those properties that kept oh, trying to bring back. I, for some reason, I thought the uh, Charlie's Angels was uh, um, Crispin Glover. Oh, it has Crispin oh, Glover oh. In it, and he plays a fantastically just driven bad guy. Um, yeah. And he's like, there's like Charlie's Angels level Crispin Glover, mm-hmm. like is like the bar, and then this film, he's like, ah, it's a bar. Nice. <laughs> he's just like chewing fucking scenery and it's really it's really fun it's like the like um <laughs> it's one of his better ones um nice. I, I mean i think it's great and everything but uh yeah. but yeah it's uh, that's a super fun like really random watch it's i think it's british um yeah. but yeah super fun oh uh, 
that sounds like fun. I should. I, I always like him. Um, it's funny. I, I recently was watching an interview where they talked about his like long-standing hatred of uh, the the Back to the Future people <laughs> because he he basically uh, he I think he sued um, because they used the lookalike in uh, Back to the Future Part Two. Yeah. And and it of course like when you sue people it tends to queer your future yeah. relationship so yeah yeah it does yeah, yeah. I find uh, that <laughs> I'm uh you started talking about having seasons of The Simpsons and it reminded me I need to look and see if I can find um The Simpsons season twelve because there's a commentary track on the edition or on the episode uh, New Kids on the Black. Yeah. Which is the Josie and the Pussycats episode. Yeah. Um, but apparently, uh, now that they're not in stores, all of the season's DVD sets are starting to get crazy expensive again. Um, I mean, not crazy expensive. They start at like 25 bucks. But like, considering that I used to be able to go to Walmart and like get seasons 1 through 12 for 10 bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh... Yeah, I really regret <clears throat> because that weird time period when dig- like streaming platforms were happening and everyone was kind of vetting getting rid of their um box sets of things. I The Simpsons are one thing that I like regret not buying like just dropping the yeah. like probably it would have been like 150 bucks to buy like the first 10 seasons, yeah. which is Some, you know somebody that- now on Mercari is send- is selling seasons 1 through 12 for 150 bucks. So you can get them if you if you if you buy in bulk, you'll get a better deal. Yeah, somebody yeah, is also sure. on eBay selling seasons one through twenty for three hundred bucks. It looks like. So, That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and then there's a box set. I know they released a box set which is was super limited, so I'm sure it doesn't exist anymore. But it was like the yeah. first, I think, twenty five or thirty seasons, and it was <laughs> some absurd amount of money that I would not even consider paying, even though it's The Simpsons. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, we should, that's a, that's actually something we should do. Ne- never mind. This has been, I mean, an entire like nostalgia thing talking about spending most <laughs> of the time talking about Carson, yeah. <laughs> a person who retired when we were like 11. Yeah. Um, but, um, like yeah. Uh, but we should, we should actually kind of, um, I actually kind of want to start a, um, a thing where we kind of go, um, Oh God, what was the film that we were talking about in the car? Um, where it's just like, eh, whether it stands up or not, uh, still PCU. PCU yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean that the film was specifically <laughs> about, you know, politically correct, um, you know, yeah. um, and I'm 90%. <laughs> I was when I went to SUNY purchase, I was just like, oh my God, I'm at PCU. Like this is, yeah. this is college. Um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we, we should, uh, we should also do PCU. Um, yeah, I, yeah. We, I, I mean, have a, I have that DVD somewhere too. So do so. I? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is a thing. We should. We we need to get back into the habit of just being like, okay, screw it. So like, there's there's no new movies coming out that are worth a damn. There's not gonna be for a while. Uh, let's just start talking about like something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, agreed. Agreed. All right. Any final thoughts, sir? Um. God, I'm trying to think of anything. I don't know. Wear a mask, you fucking assholes. Yeah. <laughs> I want right. to get the fuck out of this. I want to be back in a movie theater. Yeah.
All right, so everybody be back like here. This. Say again? I'm sorry, but sorry, I scared my dog. <laughs> he looked up, he's uh, like, what's going on? <laughs> but All right, so yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, be back here by noon on the fifth day, and always remember to rewind your cassettes, uh, which you can see the inner workings of on a bag from Videodrome. <laughs> well played, well played. Aha, good night. <laughs> <laughs> good night.